0: G'day punters, welcome to this week's episode of Bet With Brilliance, the review podcast for what was a massive day of racing in uh, Rose Hill on Saturday. We had obviously the Golden Slipper Day, five group ones run on the day. Uh, joining me as always, Jared Fish, the Sydney writer and analyst for Brilliance Racing. Fish, how are you doing, mate?
1: G'day, Jack. Yeah, going well, mate. Uh, fantastic weekend it was with a couple of good winners for the boys. We tipped up on Friday and um, yeah, uh, stunning win by staying side in the slipper So yeah, it was a great weekend And um, yeah, happy to be here
0: It certainly lived up to the hype the entire weekend Or the the entire uh, card, I thought I thought it was just I was so happy to be sitting at home Watching the, the day uh, Obviously had a bet on the day But I could have just as easily sat there And not had a bet And enjoyed it just as much
1: Yeah, absolutely And I think in the end The, um, the extra week that we got all it did was make the fields a bit stronger and there was a couple of, um, you know, uh, horses that weren't going to run uh, the week prior. Got, got to race this weekend and it just made the whole day a, a better event, I believe. And unbelievably, the track played in, a, in the soft range. So, yeah, it was uh, turned out to be a great weekend.
0: That's a really good point that you make about the extra week making for a better day. Do you think that week could then make for a better carnival overall? Because uh, that's something that I uh, – just as you say that right now, that's something that I'm thinking is maybe now that's going to improve the entire championship carnival going forward, mate.
1: Yeah, well, I just think that having that little week off, everyone sort of thinks, oh, you know, it's just a week off. They move everything back a week. But all that did – and I know what happened with Chris Lee's. mentioned it with Mugger Two, It just opens his brain up and he thought he, – he tried to sneak another race in there. He didn't end up doing it. But I believe he was t- tempted to race Mugger Two last weekend. So – I mean, every trainer was the same. They they're looking at the programs now, and they're thinking, thinking of ways to change up what their original plans were. And yeah, you might be right with it, right there. It might be, um, might make it a little bit more exciting for sure.
0: Certainly, make it a massive spectacle for the fans. Uh, looking back on the weekend, mates, uh, and and our preview pod that we did, uh, I know for myself, I had best bets of the weekend. I had Avilius uh in the george rider i had montefilia in the guineas uh, i thought might be bound could have run a place in the randvet and then artorius in the slipper so uh what's that a couple of thirds and and a couple of nothings how did you go mate
1: yeah my best bet for the day was Moanga, who he got the job done for me in the roseville guineas uh, i just think he was the best horse there and i've been waiting for him to win a race so i was pretty happy about that one unfortunately i um Threw my hundred dollar bet for brilliance on Avilius, and he was a bit unlucky there, ridden for luck at the back, and didn't get the job done. But yeah, I got the best bet home with Moanga, so I was pretty happy with that one.
0: I reckon we'll get into that Avilius ride pretty soon, mate. What about uh, star performer for the weekend? Who did you, who did you have? Was it Moanga?
1: No, I gave star performer to stay inside. Um, just thought the way that he won that golden slipper was pretty incredible. I mean, he put a couple of links on him. He did that earlier in the preparation in the Piero play, but to do it in a race like that where, you know, they're basically the best two-year-old sprinters that we believe we have in the country at the moment. And I just thought the way that he relaxed in the run and then come out and put lengths on them, that was my gave, – gave my best performance of the weekend to stay inside. What about yourself?
0: I really couldn't split – I couldn't just go with one. I, I really couldn't split these three. I thought very elegant beating a day was an absolutely incredible run. Uh, Eduardo, I think we're going to be talking about him For a little bit very shortly uh, That win of his was absolutely enormous And we were speaking before we came on on air uh, And I'll just bring it up for the punters In case they haven't seen or heard it uh, Eduardo, his weight for age rating on the race Was a 110.5 Now, the peak... Uh, ratings for Classic Legend and Bivouac this season are 111.7 and 111.2 respectively so uh, he's not far at all off of well the horse that was sold to to Hong Kong for for much bigger things in Classic Legend and and Bivouac who it's been well documented is looking to go overseas to compete so uh, Eduardo not only was it a a massive win but had his ears pricked the entire way so uh, I couldn't split very elegant, Eduardo, and I thought Think It Over was massive winning. Uh, I've just got that race here, sorry. the uh, George Ryder. That was the George Ryder. Um, uh, I thought that was a great run, and we'll, we'll get into that. I, will, I personally will get into that a little bit more uh, shortly, but I couldn't split those three, mate.
1: Yeah, sounds good. I think, honestly, the way Eduardo is racing at the moment is truly unbelievable, and like you said, we'll get into that race a bit later on, but He'd have to be one of the, if not probably our best sprinter in the country at the moment. And I know Joe Pride's talking up to be one of the best in the, in the world. So he's probably the one sprinter in the country showing consistency at the moment, which makes it interesting. Um, we'll, go, we'll go to ride of the day now. I gave my ride of the day to J-Mac on Very Elegant. Um, he's certainly building a good relationship with the Queen. She's had her dramas in the past with like over racing early and things like that. Um, but yeah, she um, seems like they're full package now. The way that she relaxed on the weekend was pretty good, and then just the way that if you watch the race closely, just before the turn, he was sort of on the inside of a Dave chasing um Angel of Gosh, yeah, chasing uh, Angel of Truth, and very elegant likes to be on the outside, likes to be chasing someone down. So he made the decision to pull it right back and get on the um, outside of a Dave, and to me, that's what that's what won the race, I believe. Who was your ride of the day?
0: Well, I gave mine to Glenn Boss on Think It Over. Uh, I went and watched, I uh, think it over his first two runs, uh, this prep. Uh, both times, given an economical run on the fence, uh, ran the a much shorter trip than every other horse in the race, didn't have to fan out wide or anything like that. Um, and both times was just given every possible to, to win the race. Uh, obviously, second up there in the Ajax, just ran into I'm Superman, who we know is a bit of a, a specialist for... 1500 at Randwick, uh, but I thought it was just another great economical ride. Uh, covered less ground than everyone else, was within striking distance the whole way uh, to make the progression through the grades the way that Think It Over has. I thought that was just an incredible, incredible ride, and with a horse that may not have necessarily may not necessarily be better than every horse in that race, the likes of Avilius and um, and that, that were there it was just the ride that, that got Think It Over the win and, and that's why I'm going there.
1: Yeah, for sure. That was a great ride by Bossy. And um, just when that gap opened up there, you just seen Think It Over poking his head through and got the job done again. So Think It Over is certainly becoming that horse that I keep uh, overlooking. And it's frustrated me because it's got some big results, this preparation.
0: Absolutely. Uh, looking at the track for the weekend, mate, uh, it was at a soft seven. I thought it played quite evenly. Uh, I thought the results were very much tempo-related. Uh, the likes of Eduardo winning uh, just ran, ran them into the ground early and, and didn't give them a chance to, to run on. And then you think of the likes of Mwanga and the Rose Hill um, got the chance to come over the top because it was uh, potentially a little bit slower up in front there. Uh so I thought every horse really probably had their chance. What did you think?
1: Yeah, full credit to the track staff there. I mean, to have him racing on a soft seven after the previous week and 10 days we had was pretty unbelievable. I did think the first race of the day and then the second race, it looked as though it was going to be a bit um, leader biased and the inside lanes were probably the place to be. But it didn't take long for the... Um, the races to sort of pan it out and, and the track played very fair after about race three. So yeah, I think they did a fantastic job. And yeah, we've seen winners from all over the, all over the track there throughout the last six races anyway. So yeah, very impressive what they've been, been doing up there. Keep the track in that, uh, that order.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a brilliant, brilliant job by the, the staff there to have it running as, as evenly as they possibly could. Uh Big talking points for the day, mate. Uh, I had Isotope winning the first race. Uh, that's a little bit of a soft spot, soft spot being a, a Queensland filly. I thought she did really well to get the win there. Because uh, like you said, it looked like it was going to be leader-wise early, but she was able to get over the top of the field very late. Uh, and you spoke about it earlier. Uh, very elegant taking down a day. I thought that was massive. Uh, Nash Crowilla is going to miss the rest of the Sydney Carnival, and I'm just bringing that story up here because it was for uh, it was for his ride in the Golden Slipper, I believe, on Ingratiate His ride. With, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, four moves ahead, uh, shifting and and uh, interrupting, ingratiating. Um so Nash is going to be out for a bit. And you said that J-Mac and Tommy Berry are going to be out before we came on air. What's happened there?
1: Yeah, so Nash got um, two careless riding charges. So two in one day. And I think he already had one before that. He, had, he got um, careless riding on a Avelius in the George Ryder and also four his head in the slipper, just causing a bit of interference. And then J-Mac and uh, Tommy Berry in the Roseville Guineas on the two uh, well, the winner in the second placing, Moanga and Skylab, they both used the whip too many times before the 100 meter mark. So, James McDonald's gotten away with it, he's just gotten a fine, he won't miss any racing. But Tommy's caught two two Saturday meets, which is disappointing for him. But I mean, you're not meant to use the whip more than five times before the 100 meter mark. And I think Tommy used it 12 times, and Jane Mack used it nine times, so they were both a bit excessive. But I was reading a bit about it today. He basically said my lung is the sort of horse that he needs he, – he's one of them horses that needs the whip used early to get him going. And then once he's going, he's fine. So, um, you know, it's one of those things, keeping keeping all the um, whiners at home happy that the horse doesn't get whipped too many times, even though it doesn't hurt the horse. But, yeah, I guess the rules are the rules. And if you watch the front on Vision, Tommy's used it way too many times. So I don't think we're going to see him in uh, racing for the next two weeks, which is – Disappointing, and I guess. The big one is Nash. is going to—he's been riding really well, so he's going to lose. He won't be riding in the T.J. Smith on Eduardo, and yeah, I guess it it's, um, certainly makes it harder for trainers to pick their jockeys for the next couple of weeks, anyway.
0: Yeah, it certainly does, and it'll be interesting going forward. The replacement for Nash on Eduardo, and if that jockey can have the same effect that Nash does, we know he's a strong rider, and that is what a horse like Eduardo definitely needs. Uh, interesting to see what happens going forward there. But I'm really excited to talk about the weekend, mate. So we'll get straight into the first of the big five. It was the Rand that Stakes, obviously very elegant, got the win. Uh, I've got some figures here for us. Uh, race went 5.8 legs above uh, the all average benchmarks so of the 600 metres and then 4.9 legs from the 600 home, they'd ran a 35.66 for the last 600 metres. Uh, I Obviously, it was a great ride from J-Mac for, for very elegant to beat a day. He looked in a bit of trouble at the time for mine. Uh, Michael was riding him hard from a long way out. Uh, so, I'm not sure what's happened there. If maybe he didn't turn up or he just didn't, you know, he just had an off day, who knows? But um, I also thought that Sir Dragon, A put in a solid run. I think the key to him, maybe was uh, was the soft track in the two thousand meters. What did you think coming out of that race?
1: Yeah, well, like I said, I, I think that very elegant's a full package now. Well, she has been for a while, but I just think you've got no worries with her now. She relaxes and she she does the job perfectly for J mac every time he hops on. I think Angel the Truth sort of acted like a bit of a teammate for Barry elegant there by <laughs> setting a fast pace, and I think that's a uh, Dave sort of chased him earlier to get to get going, and then sort of set it up for very elegant but i, I believe um a day's run was great as well i think both of them had had ticks you know very elegant got in by a, a length in the end but um i guess like we said the day was first up very elegant had a couple of runs that was probably all it was in the end that separated them going forward it's gonna be a couple of weeks queen elizabeth i think it'll be a two horse race once again and yeah i mean i think if we can get a if we get a heavy truck, I think I'll have a, a Dave on top of this stage because that's what he likes. But if we get a, a firm service or a, in the early soft range, I still think very elegant. I'll get him again at the uh, in the Queen Elizabeth. But, yeah, it was it was a pretty good race. Another exciting one to watch, the two fighting it out.
0: Yeah, 100%. I, I think that probably one of the biggest talking points going into the Ramvert or the, the one of the biggest thoughts I had personally was – that very elegant we believe has come back a much better horse this this year in this prep, her going out and beating a Dade, which she wasn't able to do this time last year, even though he was first up, he's come from overseas, he still had the conditions that he wanted. He likes he likes the, the cut in the ground and <clears throat> and the 2,000 metres, we know that. Uh, she went out and beat him and beat him quite well, Uh I think that's proven that she is a much more formidable animal this season.
1: Yeah, she looks ready to rumble again now for the rest of the, this carnival and then come back in spring for the potentially another tilt at the Melbourne Cup at the end of it. But, yeah, absolutely. And I think Nicky mentioned it on uh, Friday in our preview pod that um, Willie Haggis, I think it is the trainer of a day, said that he's come back even in, in better... Um, better shape than he was last year so for her to turn the tables like she did and get the job done pretty you know you'd call it quite convincingly in the end There it was very impressive and yeah well, she's an absolute star and I think you just you know the other thing about her is if you're a punter and I, I remember when I first watched the race if you jump on her, every time you jump on you put your money on you know that you're going to get absolute 110% effort she's going to be there at the end and that's all you can ask for as a punter so I think she's one of them horses that she turns up, she races. If you're going to give me $2.80 and $3.20 any day of the week, I'm jumping on it. I'm just going to sit there and watch, and she'll fight it out to the finish. And that's what I love about her. But, yeah, yeah, like you said, great race.
0: And she's also a horse that as soon as she wins, you think, I had more there to go for her. Why didn't I do it?
1: Yeah, 100%. What was I thinking?
0: You have that thought, and you think, like, you know, she'll win, but, you know, I'm looking at this, that, the other thing, in the rest of the day. She goes yeah. out and, I mean, I was doing it. I, I, she's won the race and I go, why didn't I absolutely truckload her? Like, what was I thinking? The uh, other thing
1: is, everyone absolutely loves her. Like, I get text messages on my phone all Saturday Arvo when the races are on. Very elegant wins a race and I get about five or six beats in a row and it's just people telling me, oh, she's done it again or, you know, how good, how good is she? And it's true, that's how good she is. And, yeah, I mean, she's got she's got an absolute busload of followers here in the country, in Australia. So, yeah, hopefully she can go on with it.
0: Yeah, not, obviously not in the same league as, as the likes of Winx but definitely our queen of the turf now and, and we'll be chasing a, a Winx-like record uh, which will be incredible to see. I, I was lucky enough to to have seen Winx in her last run at Rose Hill where she won the George Ryder and I'd um, love to be able to see very elegant because she fits that type of mould, you know what I mean? She's very much the people's champ.
1: Yeah. One other thing, I was thinking about it last year. If Chris Weller can pull off the, I don't know how he's going to do it or, or if she can do it, but if she could ever win a Melbourne Cup or win this Melbourne Cup or get in there and win that, her scope of Group 1 wins and her scope of distance range wins would have to be second to absolutely no horse in the world, surely. Well, it, w-
0: incredible. it would range from a mile to two miles.
1: I think she might have even pulled off a 1,400, hasn't she?
0: Either way, yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: 1,400 to 3,200, that would be. And it's just, she destroys the guts, yeah. But I I think she got a little bit penalised by the weights last year. And the thing is, because she keeps winning races, they're going to keep giving her weight. So so she certainly makes it hard for herself to win a Melbourne Cup. But I would absolutely love to see that.
0: Um, I think there's some uh, talk around the tracks as well that uh, an arc in, I believe, France is on the cards for very elegant. I don't know what time they run races in France, but I can promise you I'll be up for that. Um, and, yeah,
1: absolutely. Want to miss that one.
0: And you know that, that the likes of Ladbrokes are going to have a market open for it. If They give me I don't care what they give me for it. I'm backing up. Um,
1: I'll back her anywhere, mate. Yep. Put her on a, a race track at the Olympics and I'll back her. Yep. an absolute <laughs> weapon.
0: <way. laughs> yeah. yeah, totally agree. We'll move on to the next one, mates, so the Rose Hill Guineas. Have you got some figures there, mate? I'll let you talk about this one since he was your best of the day.
1: Yeah, Rose Hill Guineas, 2003-year-old Group 1. Um, just the first first Group 1 win for Annabelle Neesham and, and Moanga. I just thought it was fully deserved, that Group 1. He's been racing fantastically this whole preparation. I'll keep speaking about it in the podcast, but I guess I was waiting for this this moment. I thought he'd win this race, and I'm glad he did. He actually jumped pretty poorly. Um, Annabelle said that they'd spoken and they thought that he jumped quite well and be in the front half of the field but he was sitting about second or third last there for a bit and I was, even myself, I was like, oh, how's he ended up there? But Tommy had to do what he does and pulled, pulled him out to the outside and he, in the end, he was certainly the best horse in the race and deserved the win. Um, Sky Labs racing extremely consistently and I, I thought he was absolutely no chance for a 2,400 metre race before... What he did on the weekend, but after that performance, I will give him every chance in the um, in the Derby coming up. The only two horses in the whole field to crack uh, th- in the 34s for the last 600 the, was Montefilia and Moanga. So I think Montefilia is shaping up to be a bit of a stayer. She's got to be winning in her, in her coming. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I mean, th- I think they are going to the Derby. Just scared the shit out of me. Then my door's open on me. <laughs> anyway anyway yeah Monte to the derby and um yeah and we just spoke about it before the uh interesting thing about it was my and in Skylab with Barry and McDonald had the excessive whip charges on them so everyone at back Montefilia was sort of blowing up saying should get paid out as a win you know if we, we race fairly but in the end the stewards come back and said you know the distance was too much you weren't going to get there but another great race how did you see it
0: oh I did say when we first started doing this review pods that I'll never come on here and jockey bash. I've, I personally have not ridden a horse. Um, I don't think I ever will ride a, a thoroughbred racehorse. Uh, my thoughts on the ride of Montefilia. had Jason Collett been a little bit more patient, do you think he could have found that gap on the right-hand side of, I believe it was Skylab that was inside of, of Mwanga and without having to go around heels, do you think maybe that could have given Montefiella the chance to win? I mean, this is a bit of honestly, it's a bit of pocket talk for me. I, I backed her uh, personally. I thought she was uh, was really well suited to the uh, the two thousand meters, but I yeah. just I just wonder if he'd been a little bit more patient, maybe. Maybe without having to go around heels, she could have just gotten that gap there and, and that would have made life a bit easier for her.
1: Yeah, that's always an interesting one. When you look back, you, they make a move early and you think, oh, and then you, and then you see that the gap opened. I mean, I'll probably mention that in the next race with Abelius, but absolutely. I mean, when the race was on, I'm not going to lie to you, my eyes did not did not budge once away from my hunger. I just wanted, <laughs> wanted to know that he got the job done and he did. But yeah, watching the replay, I think if the brakes came from Abelius at the right time, she could have probably closed the gap. And, yeah, she was certainly a winning chance in one of the the rides of the race. Lyons Raw was another one that didn't get the break. He was probably about the 150 mark. He sort of, his gaps closed up on him and that went away from him. And the other one that I thought was superb again, I mentioned it on the preview the other night, um, Wheelhouse paid $12, Bowman Waller. He's put in another superb run and I think he's got a big win coming in. He's got that... um, Oh, what do you call it? He's got the heart and the um, he's able to sustain a run for a long time. So I'm certainly keen to follow Wheelhouse out of that one. But yeah, Moanga, Montefioli going forward in the derby. I'll have to have a good look at that because she's probably getting nicely at the weights and she's racing very well. Yeah, like I said.
0: Yeah, she's off that 2,000 metre run. I'm actually really looking forward to her going to the derby. I think she's showing... She showed that sort of sustained run through the straight. I don't think she ever really properly picked up in her pace at any point and uh, she looked to have been hard ridden from the corner uh, I think the 2400 meters won't be an issue for her uh, I can actually probably see a, a scenario where she outstays Mawanga over a 2400 meters but uh, I guess that'll be a, another discussion for what's that a couple of weeks time and and we'll be on here to have a yarn about it uh, I don't want to take anything away from Tommy Barry and Malanga. it was a great ride he got cover uh, in transit, clear air in the straight. It was absolutely textbook from Tommy. But I just don't know if I've got anything else to follow out of the race. I thought Grand Slam actually was quite disappointing. Uh, I just want to touch on this very briefly because being beaten over 10 lengths, but led the field up, he's pricked most of the way. Uh, I reckon the, the 16 to 1800 for him is the absolute, uh, yeah. the absolute ceiling yeah. for him.
1: I think he over-races a little bit too much and he definitely over-raced in this one. He was going quite hard pretty early from what I saw. Um, Interestingly enough, I did hear today that um, Annabelle Annabel thinking about pulling my longer back to the um, Doncaster 1600, so well, I don't think she's too keen to go any further than 2000 with Malanga, which is interesting, but yeah, like you just mentioned, Montefilia is probably more suited going forward and stepping out in trip.
0: Well, there's a futures market that I want to have a look at because might be able to get some gc ones there for the punters. Uh, we'll move on to the George Ryder mate. I'll just bring this one up here because that was the the group one over 1500 meters. Uh, that was thinking over they got the win there. That was uh, as I said before one of my star performers in Glenn Boss with the rider of the week. They were 6.3 lengths above benchmarks of the 600 and then another 5.2 from the 600. Home, so over 11 lengths above the benchmark for the race. It was an incredibly uh, fast run race, uh, clocking in 35 2 for the last 600. I think Avilius was really beaten by his drawing this race. Uh, as soon as they jumped, Cascadian was right next to him, showed a little bit more toe out of the gates with Rachel King, who wanted to go over to the fence and, and being sort of the long neck uh, to Cascadian's inside. Nash was sort of forced over to the fence sort of didn't have a choice. He was... Had he stuck to the fence, maybe Avilius just us through a gap and, and and gets the win, but it might have also been the inferior ground and, and uh, maybe Nash was looking for the, the firmer stuff out wide. Uh, take nothing away from, think it over. And, I mean, Dreamforce has run a massive race there as well. Cascadian flew down the outside into fourth. Uh, I really can't follow anything out of this race, but... Um, yeah, that, as soon as that race started and Avelius was giving them, I think I said in the chat, Avelius is giving them 937 lengths here. Like You just knew as soon as the race started, it was going to be a sick watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, Avelius was in that spot you definitely don't want to be in. If you could have picked a spot you didn't want him to be in, that was it. And he was there for the most of the trip. Looking back on the replay and the front on vision, if you had stayed where he was, um, and sort of followed Tinker over through. There was definitely a big gap there that opened up. But, I mean, that's, that's what happens when you're racing back there. You've got to ride for luck and you can't take anything away from Nashua. He did. He's copped a careless riding charge, but he did, did get him out and give him every chance of being close. But, yeah, looking back on it, even he would have probably hoped that he stayed there. But what about um, how good's Kerry Parker going? I mean, honestly, I'll just keep overlooking him and he's It over has won the Liverpool City Cup Group 3 over 1,300 second in the group two over 1500 and then wins this group one and I haven't even haven't tipped him in the top three either of them races next ups the Doncaster miles 1600 you have it'd have to be a chance to be honest with you
0: you would put you, would, yes you have to you have to give him a chance mainly given the field that he's just beaten he's beaten dreamforce Avelius, Cascadian they are group one gallopers. Uh, he's beaten Star of the Season, Colding by nearly five lengths each. Um, even horses like Dallasan that's in there um, as well. Like there are some very good gallopers in that race. He's shown a progression this prep where he's uh, it was that Liverpool City Cup. I mean, it was he's beaten Creediris and he's an absolute cat. We've spoken about that. He's progressively beating better and better fields, and this is the best he's beaten by far. Going forward, you have to figure him, but and we've just got to see what this this Doncaster field throws up I mean, if he gets a, an inside draw where he can, you know, maybe be up in the first few pairs, you've got to have something on him because he's already shown this prep that that's where he likes to race and that's exactly where he needs to be and and... Absolutely, and he can, yeah
1: the, he can gets that soft soft ground not heavy, but soft ground, you know, the soft six seven seems perfect, but I think Avelius is absolutely prime for the Doncaster but both of his runs have been you know, fantastic and he He's showing the best sectionals out of those horses. So I believe Abilius will probably carry one of the top weights in that race. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting one when the field comes out. I saw the, the Freedman brothers just won the golden suit with Stay Inside. They've got Forbidden Love. They're trying to get into the slipper. And if she gets in there, I think it's going to be 49 kilos, which that's remarkable the way she raced last time. You know, that's if they can get in there, they're trying to. But yeah, it's, it'll be up to the nominations, I guess. But yeah, that's another exciting race coming up in two weeks' time.
0: If Forbidden Love was in there and what had something like a good eight, nine, ten kilos on Avilius, you would have to have something on her. I'd love to see the likes of a Brenton of dollar book to ride Avilius now that Nash won't be. Um, he's sort of the first jockey that springs to mind. I mean, I'm looking at the uh, the fields and the jockeys in that uh, in that. Uh, George Ryder, sorry punters, I'm a bit all over the shop here. And, and Brenton wasn't riding there. If, if he could get booked for a Doncaster, I think he could actually ride a really good race on Avilius. Just for God's sake, don't give them 900 lengths in the heads in the in the, in the first <laughs> 200 meters. Like, I, I don't know if it's the horse. I don't know what's happened. I, I I really can't imagine that Nash has been intentionally has just sort of sat there and, and waited for every other horse to leave the gate. Um, but you'd love to see him. Even if he is in the last couple of pairs, it's not a problem. But you just don't want to see that field really strung out and him have to see that much that much space between him and first.
1: Yeah, that's right. And the other thing is, uh, Riemick is a lot better for coming from the back than Rose Dill, especially over that distance range. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say they'll probably try and get Hugh Bowman to ride Abelius now that uh, Nash is gone. But I guess that's... I'm not sure which other horse you Bowman might have for the Doncaster, but it's yeah, certainly um, something to, to keep an uh, interested eye on.
0: Yeah, well, uh, what we'll do, mate, we'll move forward to the Golden Slipper if you want to take us through this one.
1: Yeah, what a race it was. I mean, have been looking at this one for a long time. Um, Profiteer absolutely set it up for staying inside there. Um, and the, I think the fact that oh, the, what won what staying inside the race was just the fact that he's smart enough at an early age to be able to switch himself off and relax, whereas a lot of these two-year-olds can't. I mean, proveteer in front of him was, and it was a picture of a ride as well from Tommy Berry, but proveteer in, in front of him was just going for it way too early. Price, uh, Price and Kenbo said before the race that if they see a 10-second sectional up there early, they know it's game over and proveteer posted a 10.5 from the 1,000 to the 800 and, and a 10.9 from the 8 to the 6, so he was going out there way too hard. There was one or two horses that tried to go with him. They got, um, you know, they got burning out from doing so. Stain side relaxing. as soon as Stainside side came around the corner and found his little room, you, you knew at the 300 mark it was game over. He was just, he looked, yeah, he was just the, he was easily the sharpest and strongest 1,200-meter runner there. Um, I thought Animo and Artorias from the back were absolutely huge. They were the only two horses in the race for the last 600. Um, in the 35s or less than 35 seconds sorry they are in the 34s and ingratiating was another one that those three horses are probably the ones that I'd follow going into the size if they go Animo is probably maybe a touch too deep into the preparation but tour is your horse must be our every chance in that size race but yeah what a race it was and I mean yeah staying inside to put three lengths on him like that it was a superb effort probably got a big future and I posted a thing for Brilliance this morning about they're already talking up an Everest at the end of the year, so big things ahead, I guess, for the Freedman brothers.
0: How did I'm, you do it? I'm going to go against you a little bit in what you've said there, and I'm just going to go off some figures. Firstly, I want to say, you mentioned Artori's going towards an English size, and that breaks stitching up the boys because I've already looked at the futures markets, and what is $6 for a win in a futures market for a race that's, what, two weeks away? That, like, come on, put your balls on the table a bit. Give the boys 15s or 20s, yeah. like... It's an all-in bet. What's the go? Um, I'll go through some figures, mate, because I've got some concerns about this race going forward. They were 2.2 lengths above benchmark to the 600 metres and 2.2 lengths from the 600 home. They did not go all that quick out, and they didn't come all that quick home. The last 600 metres was in a 35.97. Now, looking at some other figures for the day, very elegant in the last 600 metres has beaten, These two-year-olds home, and even looking at the, we spoke about Isotope in the first race, and I'm just bringing up these figures here. The last 600 was a 35.38 in the race that Isotope won. So I've really got some concerns about this race and this field going forward. I think if Stay Inside goes to the likes of an Everest, it would be a great story. Absolutely not a snowball's chance in hell. I'm putting a cent on him. it was another great ride by Tommy Berry. Put him up, what, in the first few pairs, got him cover early, brought him out into a great part of the track at the right time. I'm not taking anything away from that. I think it was a fairly slowly run race. I don't want to follow it at all. Um, every horse was off the bit at the top of the straight off a slowly run race. So it suggests that none of them really handled the ground at all. Um, Berry looks like a dead set passenger. Like he didn't have to do any work in that ride. Um, I think it was a great win to the eye, but the clock doesn't look to be backing it up for me. Um, even in the, uh, the George Ryder, they've come home in the last 600 faster than, than these. And I mean, they're, they're two-year-old sprinters. They're, that's going to happen. But I can guarantee the, the Blue Diamond's uh, rated much better uh, where artoria has got the win and the track will certainly have uh, an impact on that. I don't want to follow this race at all going forward, apart from exactly what you said. I entirely agree. Animal ingratiating uh, Taurians, the Sires. Line them up. Let's go.
1: Yeah, for sure. Those three of the size horses, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think the pace was there early in that race, and I think when you put two-year-olds in a massive field like that, there were 16 runners, I believe, or 15 maybe. There was a fair few of them that just got, caught three wide and they were they were going to be no chance off the back of that that pace. But, yeah. Going forward, I mean, I'm not I'm not really taking much forward out of the race apart from keeping my eye on those three for the fourteen hundred meter races coming up for two year olds. But what, what you do now is with these ones, you just wait until they come back as a three-year-old and the next preparation, you see how they trial, you see how they how they've grown on and um, you go from there. But yeah, it was an interesting race nonetheless. And I guess um I, I think I read this afternoon actually that staying soil's gonna to go to the size as well, which throws another spanner in the works, but the way that he raced and the way that he has been racing, I would say that he's more of a 1100, 1200-meter horse than 14 compared to those other three we just mentioned.
0: Depending on how they've pulled up, I'm not going to, if, if the trainers come out and say, you know, the likes of Stainside, Animo, Ingratiating, um, even Captivant was there and, uh, and Artorias, if the trainers each come out and say, like, horses pulled up great since the, the slipper, you know, they got through it very well. Um, I mean, it could be all smoke and mirrors from them. You don't really know. But if they truly mean that the horses have pulled up well, I see no reason why none of them will get 1,400 metres because they are not coming out of a fast run race. Uh, So, I I mean, if they had really busted the clock here and, you know, they're putting in 34s for the last 600 and they were, you know, eight or nine lengths above benchmark, I mean, I might even try and go and find that that's... uh, blue diamond now for the punters just to give them some kind of an idea uh if they had you know really gone out and busted the clock uh then you would say oh like i don't know if they can can back it up into a, a size but if they if they can't do it off this slightly run race i don't think they ever will
1: yeah that's fair enough point i guess um you're certainly not impressed with the time in that race, are you? But it's, anyway... Um,
0: well, it's, you know, I mean, I it's its something that you've look at, got to look at going forward, you know. It, I think the clock never lies and, yeah.
1: That's true. And I think the another thing that you've got to take out of it is, too, a lot of those horses in the Gold Super hadn't proved themselves at 1,200 before racing on the weekend. And then, uh, you know, they, there was a couple of 1,100-metre 1, horses in that race. got no doubt about it, but... Yeah, those, um, those three are definitely the ones that follow going to the size, Animo, Artorias, and ingratiating, if they'll get a race.
0: All right, I've told a bit of a fib because I've just brought up the figures for... Well, not told a fib in a sense. I didn't even have these figures before uh, coming on here. Uh, the Blue Diamond, they went 2.9 links above two to the 600 and 2.2 home. Um, so... It was it was a,
1: definitely good form, but that was also on a good track as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It was on a good track. They did go out a little bit faster, which is why it's set up for a a uh, sustain, uh, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, uh, and an is to run off the back of it. Um, but they really haven't gone all that fast, and and um, yeah, I'm just worried about this one going forward. Uh, just trying to bring the results back up from Saturday. Have you got anything else you want to pull out of that race, mate? Because I've sort of had my two cents. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about the race going forward. Yeah,
1: no, nah, similar to you, mate. I'm ready to let get, most of those horses, probably that was the grand final and they'll go for their break now. And then when they come back out to trial, that's when we'll put post our eyes back on them and any improvement, you have take them forward from there. But yeah, no, nah, happy to put that race behind us for now
0: it's a good thing it's a good thing that you note about the trials there I think the biggest thing is not so much to worry about the times that they run in those trials see what their actions like and if they really have come back and and I think commentary from from trainers and and their first runs uh back of the track are going to be incredibly telling as to if they've really come back as three year olds because it can be quite difficult uh we'll move forward mate because I'm really excited to talk about this race. Uh, My opinion between Saturday and this evening has changed drastically uh, on the horse that won this race. It was the Group one, a galaxy that one was over the 1100 meters. Obviously Eduardo's won that Uh, race went 6.3 lengths above benchmarks to the 600 meters and 5.2 from the 600 home. The last 600 meters was in a blistering 34.5 seconds. Look, you could look at this a couple of different ways uh, and we've already sort of allude, like we've sort of already taken these points of view in previous races. He's raced against a bit of a B-grade field at best here and he's absolutely busted them up. Um, but he's put in big figures, big times, big margins. Uh, going into the Galaxy, I thought he's coming off the back of breaking a, a track record at Ramwick. He really come and do it again he's pulled this performance out and i'm so excited to see him run again
1: oh yeah absolutely And i think what he did was he showed sheer speed strength at the start of the race and we were talking about it before i said he bullied the rest of the field away like he's made him work that hard early and then he still his last 200 meter section was still below 12 seconds at 11.89 he raced 18 seconds to the 800 meter mark so that's 300 metres and 18 seconds to kick off the race. He's absolutely flown out. And he had the third fastest last 600 in the race, carrying the most weight and setting that pace early. So I honestly believe he's the best sprinter in the country at the moment. And I guess the one thing you got to take, you can't be racing that fast in the TJ Smith if he's going to do that because 1,200 metres with those sprinters, the best, the best in the country, are going to be a bit tougher than this race. But, yeah, like you said, that was... Absolutely superb to watch, and it was very similar to what he did to nature Trip the week before. Just, I just thought, oh, it's just incredible. They broke the track record, and then he's come out here and blown him away here. I'm very disappointed in myself that oh, I didn't see him on top there. I, I think he's one of them – it's one of those races where you sort of, as a form analyst, you try and find something why you don't want to go Eduardo again. I mean, he just broke the track record and was going out on a soft track where he races better than what he does on a good. And, you know, well, I guess I think we all left him out. And we just look back and go, how, how did we do that? I mean, I'll tip Ta- Talia, who's, I mean, I think she had every chance in that race. Just didn't show anything. She's just not up to the class of Group sprint 1 sprinters, I guess. But yeah, I think just an incredible race by Eduardo.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Look, um, when a horse, from mine personally, my point of view, when a horse goes out and breaks a, tra- breaks a track record, Runs a massive race, beats who has been our best sprinter in the country for the last couple of years. You've got every right to be concerned. I was definitely very concerned. I thought she surely can't back that up. Kenny putting in a, a performance like this. I have to agree with Joe Pride that he's the best sprinter, and yourself that he's the best sprinter in the country. And uh, who, who else is there, is there in the the world that compete beat him? I don't. I, I'm. Just thinking about it now, I'm imagining a, a TJ Smith where maybe Eduardo and, and Nature Strip draw low. Uh, yeah. They take up the running, set the pace. You've got a mass crusade or a bivouac in the back of the field, uh, that big straight at Flemington that you mentioned before. It will be a, a massive race to watch. I, I could easily watch it without having a cent on the race. I mean, I'll probably have to back Eduardo. Um and the way that that uh, Mars Crusader won that William Reid, you've got to have something on him too. Uh, but it will be an incredible race to watch. I, I think I think he can win the TJ. I, I think he's done incredibly well.
1: What a race that's going to be in two weeks' time. It's unbelievable. But I mean, if he does win that race, he's easily he's the best sprinter in the country and the world. Thousand meters against Nature strip track record. Eleven hundred, and then goes and beats him in a twelve hundred. That's that's consistency and it's just showing that you're showing everyone that you're the best in the country. Like you said, he probably needs to draw in the top six, one to one to five, maybe six, the way that he races. And I think Joe Pride has mentioned that he, he is the sort of horse that can relax, but oh, he's gonna to need to relax a little bit in this and then show his um show his pace late because I think twelve hundred might might see him out. Nature should, especially if his nature next to him, Nature Strip can't do the twelve hundred, I'm convinced. I know they're going with TJ Smith, but Nature Strip can't win. 1,200 is way too far for, for him. Um, but, yeah, even this race on the weekend, I mean, those horses down the bottom there, you Bella Bella's, Talia, Wild Ruler, and they're good horses, and they were in there with 51. You know, they, they, they probably had every chance to win that race, and has beaten him with ease. Portbury on her is a first-up absolute jet, and she tried to go. She tried to go with him there for a little bit and absolutely died Died late. She's about a 1,200-metre horse. But, yeah, the way that he's racing, I mean, you just have to admire it and probably give a pat on the back to Joe Pride because he's done a fantastic job.
0: He's got this horse absolutely airborne. Um, I really can't take any other horse. I could probably take a, a wild ruler out of this race. Uh, from barrier nine, I mean, he went back and... Um, Eduardo's just gone, obviously, way too fast for Wild Ruler to be able to, to chase him down in this. And and I think there is obviously a, a massive class difference between those two horses. That, that sort of goes without saying. Uh, so I'm not going to throw Wild Ruler in the bin just yet. Um, Eduardo going forward to a TJ. Pray to God that the barrier draws kind. Uh, if you take the all-ins now and and hope for a good draw or you wait for the draw and launch straight into the early price that they give you, or I reckon you might get a half decent one. And, and I think it might be a really good bet.
1: Yeah, I think you're right there for sure. He definitely needs the inside draw. I think those horses, Wild Ruler and Talia, they'll go back to, the, they'll drop down a few grades now. They come up and had a crack at the, you know, group on screen, but then uh, Wild Ruler's still young, very young, but Talia's, yeah, yeah, she honestly had every chance there. And I can take Hobre on her forward. I mean, she did die there late, but if if you remember what that speed map looked like before the race and how much pace Eduardo's put on there, she probably had every right there first up to take a bit of a hit from it. So I think a few weeks break for Hobre on her. I'm not entirely sure where they're going to go, but um, yeah, I can take Hobre on her forward as well. I, I know a lot of people are forgetting her after that one race, but I'm willing to give her another go.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, I'm certainly not going to talk you out of that. Um, I think Wild Rilla for me because he's still only a, he's only a three-year-old. Uh, he won his race first yeah. up there quite impressively. Um, I think he's got. I think he's still got a bit more in, in the tank, and he's got a very good sprinting uh, trainee in. Uh, sorry, very good sprinting trainers in, in the Snowdens. Um, yeah. One question yeah, for well. you. Sorry.
1: I was just going to say, yeah. Wild ruler's got a few big wins in his career for sure. He's shown that much class at a young age and came back unreal. His preparation, just I guess you know, you just got to look from where 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 he come from. The race that he raced last start to this one is you know that's climbing the ladder quite quite substantially. So yeah, he's 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 a big follow going forward. Uh,
0: one question that I do have for you: the two performances that Eduardo's put in. Uh, obviously, it was, it was the challenge where he beat uh, Nature Strip and now what he's just done on Saturday. Yes. Is he going to scare off other horses from the TJ? Do you think that the trainers are, are going to think, what's the point? If, if you've got uh, an Eduardo, a Nature Strip, a mass Crusader and a Bivouac there, are there trainers out there thinking, what's the point, why I bothering?
1: No, I don't think so. I think I think if you've got a good sprinter on your hands, anything can go. Anything can happen in those sprint races, and the horse isn't going to scare you off. Especially, I mean, Nature should have been the prime example of this. You can be in a thousand meter jet, and you can stretch it out to eleven hundred, but going to that extra hundred meters, twelve hundred is is another step in itself. And Eduardo hasn't really done that. I mean, he he over raced badly in the Everest last year. He probably set it up for set it up well for Classic Legend, and I know Pride keeps saying that he's. He can relax, and I've got no doubt that he, he can be a gun at 1,200 as well. But I, I don't think trainers are sitting there going – I think a lot of trainers would even still still think that Eduardo might not be the horse to beat based purely on the, the uh, early sectionals. He shows that he needs to race a little bit of a different style to get that job done. But, yeah, they, they'd certainly be um, looking at him. But, no, no one will be scared away. Right? They'll all be there, and it'll be a, a cracking race in my opinion.
0: I'm certainly looking forward to it I'm just trying to bring up some information here mate before we wrap it up which I'm having some real struggle with with, I'm sorry punters have you got anything else that you wanted to talk about out of Saturday Fish because I am just about done and dusted mate
1: oh no nothing really I'll just um, I hope they bring out the uh, Flemington and Caulfield races again soon because I'm I'm not too good on the old Bendigo track and the we had that race the week before, Mornington. That's about <laughs> all. But no, nah, no, nah, it's been, been. A, it was a great weekend of racing again. And no, nah, that's about all for me. I think we've covered a fair bit there. And we mentioned a couple of horses to follow going forward. And I'll be at Rose
0: Hill uh, this
1: Saturday for a couple of races. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Since you've touched on Bendigo there, I had a little bit of a field day on Saturday just because I, feel like I need to blow my own trumpet. I haven't been in the greatest form of late-on brilliance. and I was, I'm sorry for that, Punters, but I think I was able to get five wins or something like that on the card there. I was able to knock off a couple of short favourites. Um, so I did have a good day there. It looked a little bit later bias to me, and, and um, that was probably a, a combination of a soft track, and it looks like a, a little bit of a tighter turn there at Bendigo. Uh, on the oval there, so that might have had something to do with it. But uh, hopefully, the punters found a few there. Uh, looking forward, fish Saturday at Caulfield. Uh, since, you, you since you have requested it, Racing Victoria has come up with the goods. It's Easter Cup race day from Caulfield, and we've got the Tankred Stakes on Saturday. So, we'll be previewing this one during the week, punters. Just having a look at some of the names on this taker, for example, you've got your Melody Bell, Sir Dragon A, Colette, uh, the Chosen One, Southern France. There's some massive names there. Uh, you've also got your Vinery Stud, Personal Montefilia, Hungry Hearts uh, in that race as well. Uh, that's going to be a massive weekend. Even Italic Stakes with Cherry Tortoni and Young Werner. So, We'll be previewing that one on, I believe, Thursday to be posted on Friday, mate. We've got a big uh, big weekend ahead of us yet again. Yeah, looking forward to it,
1: mate. Can't wait to talk about it and hopefully uh, head up there on Saturday and find some winners and have a good look in the yard as well. But, um, yeah, hopefully we can get Lloydy on the show again Thursday night with us. A bit, um, bit of knowledge from the King himself.
0: Hopefully he's got those goggles because he was seeing them quite well through the goggles, I believe. How did I miss this? The Emancipation Stakes is also on Saturday. Arcadia Queen, sorry, Arcadia Queen uh, and Crone are there as well. So it's going to be a massive weekend. Geez, I'm looking through these fields, mate, and I'm excited. I'm not going to go into it too much, or we'll be here all night. Uh, that's about well, all. Louis did-, did message me earlier and apologise
1: that he won't be here for the uh, review. He said he's got swimming lessons the Sabo, so he couldn't make it. On tonight, but- <laughs> <laughs>
0: He'll be <laughs> he'll be back on Thursday night with us, which be good. I can I can I can just see him going through the pool with his floaties and his missus trying to hold him up out of the water. Just that big yeah, that big beard, that big that big beard would be dragging him under. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, well, mate, that's about it from me. I've got to apologise to the punters because uh, I spoke to you about it over the weekend, mate. I'm battling with some some issues, some health issues here, so. Apologies to anyone watching this. Normally, it's a bit of a ruder mug than usual, but only half of it's working at the moment. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, punters, if you're listening to this on Spotify, you really, you're lucky. You don't have to see what's going on here. It's not nice, but uh, I'm sorry for that. Uh, mate, it was lovely to have another yarn with you. Look forward to it as always. It was a massive weekend of racing there at, at Rose Hill, and, and we were able to find a couple. Thank you again for joining me very much.
1: No worries, mate. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, yeah. Look after yourself, mate. Um, bit of a rough weekend for you, but hopefully you're feeling better soon.
0: Yeah, talk about chalk and cheese after the hospital, but i am tip five at Bendigo, so I don't know. Maybe I need to pick this up a little bit more. I, I wouldn't really mind it if I keep some good form. I'm obviously not that phased, um, but uh, like I alluded to before, mate, we'll come back on Thursday uh, for recording, and the preview will be posted Friday for. Uh, what's going to be a massive uh, weekend. We've got the Tankard Stakes and Easter Cup from Rose Hill, Rose Hill and Caulfield, respectively. Uh, As always, punters, if you've got any feedback, send it through to us. We definitely want to hear it. Uh, But we're not getting any, so we're perfect, mate. You'll sleep easy. I know you always do. Uh, Again, mate, thank you for joining me, punters, if you've uh, tuned in there. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back for the preview later in the week. Uh, happy punting and have a fill up. Thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you next time on uh, the preview uh, with Bet with Brilliance. Thank you, guys. Cheers, Juggie. Talk to you, mate.